Welcome back to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. Dave, welcome to the show again. It's nice to be back. In, it is. In, the, in the, the seats here. I've been waiting for it all week. Yeah, I always look forward to it. Uh, so uh, tell me a little about your, your, uh, your week so far. I know you got this shop that's been put yeah, together. I, I want to say it's been busy, but not for me. It's been busy mm-hmm. for somebody else, but there's been kind of some completions to some things we've been doing. So our pole barn was completed. And, um, I mean, they got to come back and tweak a couple things, but mm-hmm. extremely minor. And, uh, man, what a good experience. You know, I got to tell you, it's Lock Buildings, mm-hmm. and it's out here in uh, Estacada, Oregon. Mm. Oh, so glad I ran into them. You know, there's other good companies out there, but, you know, it's usually, you know, usually, it's the, it's the first uh, impressions. And, you know, there's a gentleman over there named Andy that just made me feel I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then, and then, so he gets me into, you know, the beginnings of it. And then he passes me off to a gentleman. I don't know job titles, but his name was Mike. And he helped me with the blueprints because I got to design my, my shop. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And they awesome. put it together. And why am, am I excited? Because I'm an inventor and I, build, I, I design things. And when I get the littlest thing that comes out the way I want it, perfectly mm-hmm. i'm excited i mean i don't get excited much in life even over things i should be but to actually show the excitement and so you know i got to do that with my house to build it but differences with my house yeah it turned out how i wanted but ooh, the fight you can't build anything or buy almost anything without a hiccup i, it's I remember how you that re- react to the hiccups yeah i remember some of the frustrations you had mm. going back and forth when when your house was being built but I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear the same stuff about, about the shop. No, because, you know, like I said, is the building to me, I'm saying it's perfect. I'm excited. I love it. Um, was there hiccups? Absolutely. But it's expected to me. I expect mm-hmm. it on everything I do, uh, truly. But how you handle it, that's over the top. In fact, if it came out perfect, I'd be like, all right, where'd they sweep it? You know, <laughs> under the rug. But minor D... De- I'm speaking like an inspector, minor defects, mm-hmm. but resolved. And I mean, seriously, to me, this world is lacking customer service from any angle, from mm-hmm. a quickie mart all the way to building your dream home. Yeah. And that, if I could say I took away from anything, is the customer service, which reflects on the people. Mm-hmm. And I think Lock Buildings is an amazing place to go. and. Yeah. I, I think anybody would walk away with something that they're proud. I would go definitely go back to them yeah. and, and have them add on to it or build something else. Yeah. And, That's and, good. But with price-wise, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am happy to pay for, I, I, who knows, it could be cheaper. So mm-hmm. if it is more, because we added other things. So we had compared with other builders, but the things that we had, it was over the top done. But put that aside is to me, it's all about getting what you deserve and what you want. And, um, mm-hmm. if keyword is if, if it costs more, I think it was worth it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, today's topic is a, about, about money finances oh, there you and, go. and it's, it's pretty cool that, that you can get to a point in your life where you can pay for stuff like that to get to that, to get the home that you want. And then to be able to add to that, get yourself a shop put together, especially, you know, one that's, designed by yourself right. uh that's pretty awesome don't you think i mean it's it is a, but a, a accomplishment it you know it is and 
I'm a hard, it's hard for me to pat myself on the back. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest with you, if I patted myself on the back, I'd have to pat several other people as well. Because I didn't accomplish this by myself. But it has been my dream my, by myself before I met my wife that I wanted to build a house. And, you know, it took some encouragement to get her on board to do it. She, mm-hmm. of course, wanted to. It's just scary to take that step. Mm-hmm. And I'm the guy that's willing to take the step and go for broke, if you will. Mm-hmm. But not go for broke. Do it with a head on our shoulders. Yeah. But being where we, where we came from and where you came, we, we kind of been side by side on kind of how we were brought up to a point from time to time. Mm-hmm. And um, I try not to be too full of pride, but I can't help but use the word I get proud of myself, knowing that I could be here, you know, if I was to say that, you know, I hats off to my parents because they lived it harder mm-hmm. to pass the baton off. They didn't just say, okay, start from scratch. They had something to pass off to me. And a lot of it was knowledge, but not the detail that you need to be successful, but they taught me how to be a hard worker. Well, we've talked about on, on previous podcasts about the work ethic of your parents mm-hmm. and how important that is as an example to you. And I know that your work ethic is is amazing. It's above and beyond. I, I'd like to think that my work ethic has improved through the years. Uh, you know, I think with like finances at home, uh, you know, you and I grew up very similar in just not having any money at home and, and um, you know, having to make decisions because you know, parents said we can't afford it. And because of that, we didn't do as much stuff. And I know that for both of us, we're a lot more successful than our than our parents. We've been able to uh, manage our finances a bit better, improve our education in ways that, that improve our, um, our career aspirations, to improve our paychecks. But not only that, but to be able to financially prepare ourselves. Right. And I know growing up, you know, no, you know, not, not dogging on my parents, but we didn't talk about finances other than we nope. can't afford it. And I heard that None a lot. None of our business. Yeah. And I think now it's important and it, it kind of, we were talking earlier, I, I think it's kind of disappointing that more people don't talk about money and finances because it's such an incredibly important aspect of life. It's the grease, you know, it's, it's that lubrication for the wheel to help you go through life. I agree. And part of it is for me, when I talk to you, if about, if I get to a certain point in my job, if I get a bonus or, or, or not the bonus, but like, um, I guess we call it topped out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, or another opportunity that comes up, I don't care because I'm not trying to be better. I'm not, not trying to, what's that, uh, the Joneses better than yeah, the jo- keeping up, keep with it up the, with the Joneses. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm a guy that talks about it out in the open because guess what? Number one, I might get some feedback from somebody I wouldn't expect uh, that could be helpful. And, and because it also keeps me like it's real. And so if I say, Hey, you know what, when I get to this point, I'm going to be making blah, blah, blah. That opens up, blah, blah, blah. I don't care if I feel if somebody else gets offended because it might be a lot of money and they think I'm gloating. I'm sorry. I think that's over you on you because I think it's the, it's what you're saying or it's, it's how you say it, mm-hmm. you know, but, and, or if it's not that much and, and I'm proud that it's a certain amount of money and it's not to the part that somebody else I'm talking to would think, or like, like my end goal is only half as much as the guy I'm talking to makes. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's about my goals in my life and what this can make, what it could do for me in my life. 
unfortunately, there was a lot of debt, I think, in, in my parents' life and marriage. And there was a lot of, boy, a lot of not coming together, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I feel that there's a lot, even to this day, there's a lot of people that don't take their households as a team. It's it. They'll get married. They'll make kids. They'll make rules for the kids. They'll go to church or not go to church. And then finances. Mm -hmm. It is like a disgusting sin to talk about. It seems like, and even married people won't even discuss it. And then they'll even separate the monies that come in, and then they'll pool what's needed for the bills. Mm -hmm. And I strongly discourage people to do that because working together on a goal is amazing. And that's. That's how we're here. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying we're in a great place. Somebody else could look and go, you guys are doing nothing. You guys are, you know, there's always somebody better. And I don't care. I just look at where I'm at and it's my yeah. it's dream. There is a lot of, a lot of families that are, um, you know, they, they don't really want to talk about finances openly with their, their children uh, or anyone outside the family. And then there are sort of these different you know, cultures where that's what they do. They, they want, I've had friends growing up where they openly talked about their finances and, you know, these are generally today are very successful people. And I think that folks that, that don't really explore their finances and explore ways of improving their income. And if it's saving or it's, it's income generation, it's something that's improving if you don't talk about that stuff, then it, it doesn't, it, it's like practice. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk about it, you're not going to get any better at it. Perfect example. I have, not example, I'll just use, I'll just make this up. If you and I are sitting here having this discussion and we have three other friends in here that we know and just hearing us talk about it and even in our hiccups, we could talk about some successes, mm -hmm. they could go home and go, whoops, dang, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I mean, I, mm -hmm. when I, so I have to say, I got to give my wife props. I started listening to some little bit of talk radio and I really didn't care for it, but my wife, she used to drive back and forth a few hours to go see her parents and stuff. So she started listening to this, this person at his own talk radio and this pre podcast stuff, I guess. <laughs> but, um, she goes, you need to listen to it. I'm like, eh, eh. And I did listen to it, and he ch and this guy changed my life. And and his name is Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And what he uh, what you do in life is complex, but he shows you that it doesn't have to be complex. It might have to be hard work, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be complex. And he like breaks it down to where I could literally sit there when my now mind you, I'm not as I'm a better set than my parents were. So I looked at where I was at going, oh my goodness, I could try it and see what happens. And because I tried that, it gave me the opportunity to actually achieve a dream in my life that I didn't, I dreamt it, but I won't lie to you. I don't, I, even though I know during the time I would have said, oh, it's going to happen. But I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to find a way to make it happen, mm -hmm. but it's to be open and to try it and, and to even go. I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to hit the moon. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Guess where you'd be before you even shot for the stars? Mm -hmm. You'd just be in the same rut. But to be able to get out of a rut, example is I believe in like borrow money from yourself. And so mm -hmm. that you pay yourself back instead of paying somebody else for a loan. And it's a lot cheaper that way. It is. Mm -hmm. Like 
but it's money can be I don't expensive. want it to come out like I'm being that's and this is the problem is is I talk about like this and I think other people hear me and go you con you're not condescending but you know you're just being a, a you know self-deluded dude mm-hmm. and that's not it I'm just saying even me mm-hmm. can say the last four or five vehicles I paid cash to be fair one of them I bought just so I could go and pay cash out right for it. But I just paid for it. It was simple for some reason. I can't remember why. Mm-hmm. But it was simple to just go buy it, and then we wrote a check and paid it off. Yeah. But it was all paid for. And literally 15 years ago, do I think I would be able to do that? No. You know, I had to sacrifice. You know, yeah. I had to sell my sports car to be finally debt-free of everything. Mm-hmm. And I miss it. Yeah. It's interesting, the, the concepts that Dave Ramsey uses because uh, my wife and I went through, you know, part of his his strategies. It wasn't, you know, we weren't officially a part of his program, but we were following his his baby steps, and and it and it allowed us to get almost entirely, you know, debt free. And and the interesting thing about his program is just that it hits you not on a necessarily a mathematical side because it's not the most mathematically efficient way to get out of yeah. debt, but it's a very it's a very um, uh, I would say human emotion way yes. of getting out of debt because he understands how humans are and the snowball effect is so important for your psyche to see massive chunks of debt rolling off because you've dedicated, you've taken what once was going to some other smaller debt and now that that debt's paid off, you roll that into the next debt and now you watch that debt just shrink dramatically and then, because it's yes. such a large amount going to that one. And you're not bank. even paying the interest on those other ones too, as they go. You yeah. know, you're not paying the man. Mm-hmm. And the, it's, I, it's so, he makes it sound so simple, like it's not genius, yeah. but it's so genius well, because they really truly are like, it's an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why we brought up, nobody talks about it. Why? Because it's emotional. People don't want to be judged on what they do or don't do with money. Mm-hmm. And so I like to put it out there. I mean, I don't put it out there on everything, everybody, but I'm not bashful to. If somebody asks me, I'll tell you. You better believe it. I'll tell you how much I weigh too. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will tell you because guess what? If somebody goes, damn, oh shoot, well, maybe I should lose some weight, you yeah, know? Right. But because guess what? I could learn something. I mean, and guess what? Maybe they can learn something. Do you, do you remember the baby steps well enough to just quickly touch on them no i remember the no i not off no i can't memorize them no yeah um i remember the first one was is to save up a thousand bucks and believe it or not at the time we're like ooh, that's Mm -hmm. a thousand bucks we didn't live paycheck to paycheck did we (laughs) well we must have if we figured out that we didn't have to uh, pay i'll tell you this real quick I started doing the Dave Ramsey because I was going to touch base that you called snowball and people may not know what they meant by that. Mm-hmm. But, um, somebody else heard what I was doing and go, well, what are you doing? I go, well, I, I that I always carry this little card and he might've been one of the guys. So here, take the card, mm-hmm. his little card. I carry it in my wallet. It might be dorky, but it has the eight baby steps. Keep you focused, keep it in mind. And I could also give it to somebody that asked me a question that I just can't remember. And it was nice to have. It's like having the constitution on hand. If somebody doesn't know, well, there it is. Mm-hmm. But, he looked it up and he didn't know, did not know that he was negative spending 500. Why? I don't know why I would think I know the exact number. Like I want to say $512, mm. but he was spending over $500 a month that he wasn't even making. 
he was backtracked and people yeah. could do that without realizing it. Digging a deeper and deeper right. hole. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. And he had no idea until guess what? He put it down on paper. And that's another thing Dave Ramsey is put it on paper so you could follow where your money goes. Yeah. But well, having a budget is extremely important. If you, if you're not tracking it, you don't know where it's going. Yes. So that's one of the big, big um, proponents of, of being successful in this. Uh, the baby step thing, uh, that's terribly important. I'm a very goal-oriented person, and the baby steps are really, they're miniature goals. They're, they they're sure strategies are. With, with the goals, but they're measurable. And yes. being able to get to that $1,000, I think, I want to say that that $1,000 was sell whatever you can to get to that point. And I remember originally, I actually sold some gold in order to get to that first $1,000. And then it was continue to sell the stuff that you don't need so that you can apply that to your, the the smallest, um, the the smallest debt that you have. Well, that $1,000 is your, your little emergency fund. Yeah. And what's that supposed to do is get you through that snowball. We were talking about the snowball effect was, let's say we had three credit cards. That's easy. Everybody has credit cards. And let's say one of them is fifty dollars a month, one of them's hundred dollars a month, the other one's two hundred dollars a month. Well, let's and and, and I'm not going to go to how much it is in each one, but I mean the the how much debt in each one. But so you look at how much you pay each month. Well, they you might think, well, I want to get rid of that big one. No, no, no. Hit that little one up. Get that little one up. It might be fifty dollars a month, but it's I'm talking about the shortest. Like if one of them has a thousand dollars in debt. And the next one has 2000 the next one has more money in debt. Take the one that, that's least amount and pay it off fast. You get that one taken care of. You know, pay all the other ones too, but you pay more so and you try to tackle that one. And when that's done, you don't go, sweet, I got 50 bucks a month left over. No, you do not. That's already spent. You just put that on the $100 one. Now you're paying $150 where you were paying 100 to take care of that one. You snowballed that payment into the next one. And then when that one's tackled, now you have $200 that you put with the other $200 a month payment. Now you're hitting $400 a month on that one to pay it off fast. That's the snowball that gets bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. until now you don't have any. And that $1,000 is supposed to help you get through. Your brakes went out. You need a new windshield. uh, Got sick or something. That $1,000 is to take that and pay that so you don't mess up your snowball. Yeah, and he's very specific about how what kind of an emergency very to be used. If it's it, not an emergency, they, you're not using it. There's a lot of turnoffs because a lot of people mm-hmm. think that they're entitled to you're not entitled to be debt-free and the luxuries in life too. Mhm. You need to earn that, believe it or not. So he's like, guys, don't go out and spend three or $4,000 or more. That's a cheap vacation. Mm-hmm. On a vacation, why are you vacationing when you're in debt, no money to everybody? It's never mm-hmm. a vacation when you come back thinking, oh my gosh, I'm more in debt. Yeah. He talks about being gazelle intense. Yep. And the idea is that you get excited about it. And the whole program, the snowballing effect, helps to uh, continue to engage that intensity. Well, because you start seeing the massive amount of, of, of principal taken off of that debt because the snowball gets so big. Right. And now every single month you go, I can't believe how fast it's fallen away. Right. But what you were talking about, what you pointed on was it's each one is a goal, mm-hmm. but it's not a big goal. If people look at the big goal, it's hard. If you look at each little goal and then you're on step five and you're like, oh my gosh, how could I... Now you look further ahead and like, oh my gosh, how could it be so close? No <laughs> yeah. way. You don't, it's yeah. crazy because people don't think that they could achieve it. They will do it to themselves. 
I've done it to myself. I was so ignorant as a kid. I mean, I wasn't bad. I did pay my bills off, but I started collecting. When I got credit, I started collecting credit cards just because, ooh, that one looks cool. And I, like, I remember this one had lightning bolts. I ordered a freaking credit card with lightning bolts on it. So I had literally 13 or 14 credit cards that I could have racked up all kinds mm-hmm. of money, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I racked up enough, but I, I could have been bad. But my wife, she definitely... Uh, uh, encouraged me to listen to him and I did and and I feel like the world that we live in today I actually have opportunity in the mix in the mix of the how the world is Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard to say right now as well as you know options yeah so a lot of people are painted in a corner right now. So we've got here on, on the screen the, the baby steps, and I'll just read them off. Yes. Uh, baby step one, save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. Step two, pay off all debt except the house yes. using the debt snowball. So that snowball effect, that's, that's really, really important. Step three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. That one's really important because if you Very. if you suffer a loss of job or a medical issue, having that cushion is going to save your, your butt. Uh, baby step four, invest 15% of your household income into retirement. Yep. Most people, unless they have it taken out of their check at work, they're not saving into retirement. Very few people are actually saving into retirement. Scott, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm open. Well, feel free to read it, and so, I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, the next one, baby step five, save for your children's college fund. <laughs> now, uh, I, I don't think, disagree with I, that I think saving for your, col- for your kids' college fund is a great thing, and there's a debate on whether they should be going to college. And... I feel if you're that still that saving up for one. it, yeah. If you're if you're saving up for it, even if they end up going to a trade school or something, that's still money that can get them started. It gives opportunity. I agree. To these kids. I feel that it should be a savings account for kids' future. Yeah, there you go. Baby step number six: pay off your home early. Now, the home generally, at least in today's era, I remember. I mean, I don't personally, but I recall people talking about the 70s, I think, was when interest rates went, like, a home mortgage was, like, 20% or something ridiculous. A good one was 15, yeah. 16. And we're at, like, a 4 or a 3 right now, something like that? I, even, I even less. If, even less. Right, if I went out right now, I'd probably get a one point something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but money is expensive if there's, if there's interest tied to it. So paying off your home early would save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. A couple hundred thousand. Yeah, well, because you're not paying that I'm, interest. I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So our house, we... So I'm, I'm trying not to discourage people. I think Just like losing weight, if you want to get on a plan to lose weight, if you stick by your plan... You're going to have amazing results. Mm-hmm. The more you veer off that plan, your results are going to, you know, taper. But you can still get results. You could be 80% and still get results, just not as gazelle intense. Yeah. So my wife and I, we went gazelle intense through a lot of it to where we were debt free, except for the house. Then we kind of swayed off. We swayed off, you know, we want to put a little bit more money into our savings account, emergency fund, mm-hmm. which isn't necessary, but we did. And, you know, we just did it. Maybe we owe a little bit more than 15% of our income to our home kind of thing. So we were not the best followers. Mm-hmm. 
But even if we're not, oh my gosh, the opportunity because we did follow this, because where we are is we're, we're debt-free except for our house. I am a person that worries about my life expectancy on this mm-hmm. planet. My dad and my grandpa both died in their early 60s. Mm-hmm. And in 30 years, um, there's going to be a mortgage and I'm going to be dead mm-hmm. if I die when they die. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm planning on dying when they die, but I like to look at the worst case scenario and go from that kind of, unfortunately. That's... Yeah, you're also looking at the future of your family. So, right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to put on a 15-year loan. So Amy's like, no, that's not good because... Payments are higher on a 15-year. It is. And it broke a rule of Dave's because now we're mo- owing more of our house than the 15% I think of our income. I think that's what he says is when you buy a house, don't go buy it. It may not be on the baby step, but mm-hmm. he says, don't go buy a house and spend more than blah, blah, blah percent of your income. And I think ours might be, but I'm done in 14 years. Mm-hmm. And how about this? I could also achieve that mm-hmm. payment because yeah. I'm debt free. You're in a financial else. position to afford so, that. So, and because we have an emergency fund that's greater than this should be. And Mm-hmm. I feel like, man, I'm setting myself up for the bottom to fall out, but it's not. But, but if not, I'd have 29 years left in my home. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's so soon is because we just refinanced to take care of our shop. Mm-hmm. That may not be something Dave would recommend either. Why not have us murder this house and pay it off in seven years mm-hmm. and then take care of it? Well, yeah. I'm, I started a little late. That's why. And so I wanted to do some things that Mm-hmm. So, well, and the other thing is life is short. You just don't know. I don't. And I, I know, you know, I, I lost my, my younger brother. I think was he 20, I want to say six or seven. I can't remember. How many years ago was that? I had, uh, it was, it was a long what, time Scott, ago. Just, yeah. it had been the week before, I'm guessing here. It was recent. So last week or the week before last, I think about your brother a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't sit there in depth and think about yeah. things. But and he, I couldn't even think of how long ago it was. That's how that's how long yeah. ago it was. Well, I mean, he died at a pretty young age and I look at life as every single time I lose someone, I look at it as we just don't know don't. how much more time we have on here. Now, being responsible with some of these baby steps, I think is a very very positive thing and I think there's a certain stage where you get to understanding that you're you're relatively safe and comfortable at the same time and so you kind of relax a little bit on on these these steps the last step step number seven here says build wealth and then give and he's a very big proponent of dave ramsey is a big proponent of of giving yes because it feels good we you know humans are pretty altruistic and we want to give this whole thing is emotional and Mm -hmm. there's a part of that Yeah. yeah 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 in fact he encourages that you give as you go through it but a certain percentage so you have that part of it and we still do that. We have not hiccuped that once. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the main thing that we, I mean, we kept up to everything else, but that's one thing we never stopped yeah. in, in the whole time. And, was, he's not, and he's not talking about giving in a way to get a tax uh, deduction. He's, it's more of an emotional thing. That's exactly. Be good to the society. Because money in. is so emotional. That's where Dave is awesome, is that he doesn't tie into the, the mechanical ching, money. It's... It's so deep to people. It's emotional. Mm. It is... People kill over it. Uh, Dave, I want to take a quick break. Yeah. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of of debt as it relates to our country. Okay. Because we've got this big old stimulus, uh, COVID relief, or whatever they want to call it. 
and uh, our our national debt is just crazy. So uh, when we get back, uh, we'll ch- chat about it. Sounds All good. Right. Thanks for listening to Never Too Serious. We do appreciate it. If you don't mind, take a moment and share this podcast with others. And if you're feeling extra generous with your time, please leave us a review on podchaser.com or Apple Podcasts. All right, Dave. So uh, let's talk a little bit about national debt. Yeah. So I brought up a little... Oh, let's not. A little reader board on the screen. And those of you who are interested in looking at national debt, there is a, a website, and my eyes aren't very good. Come on, Mr. Lasik, can you read what the <laughs> URL is up there? I what think is it? U.S. U.S. Lo- debt d- clock. Oh, I can't see that. Yep, U.S. debt clock yeah. dot O-R-G. Mm. And it's just a whole bunch of tickers, and they're uh, in different categories, U.S. US national debt, there's a world debt, there's mortgage calculators, gold supply and demand, home sales. There's just a whole bunch of statistics. And I don't know how accurate all of these are because you can compare this to, you know, other websites. And you're, you're going to get in the general ballpark. This continues to calculate, which gives you a little freak out because you but can see the national debt. I just debt. saw $400,000 go up, and I'm talking in three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> For the national debt? Yes. Yeah, so we're talking trillions. And when you're talking about numbers in that size, when you're talking 100,000, that's like nothing. But it's, it's ticking pretty fast. Our, our national debt, according to this, this little clock here, it says it's $28 trillion. Now, I would say, based on some other information, it might be like 26-ish. It doesn't change the scare factor for me. When you're talking trillions of dollars, that's a that's an enormous amount because you know we were talking earlier about Dave Ramsey and getting out of debt and how impactful that is for your own personal finances. As a country, that is significant. You're as a federal government, you're responsible for so much more and to be as irresponsible as this floors me. Right. You Think know? of some money management, not only would it what it would do for our systems that we put in place, what it would do for the the citizens. Mm-hmm. Taxes would should be cut to what? I'm going to guess if we got this under control, no debt, they could we'd be paying like four percent taxes, not this thirty, mm-hmm. because we're 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 paying our taxes. Wow, that's taking. Yeah, just in in interest alone, it's it's a ton of money that we have to pay. Uh, U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio. So this is the amount of money that we bring in and the amount of debt that we owe. This in, this here could change a person. If I'm just saying, if the they typical, were aware of it, the typical working person, if they if, if if they were forced to put up this in a at least a five by nine little deal on your on your wall, mm-hmm. and it's on there all the time, looking at it, and I'm just talking about. A typical, sorry, general five to nine, you know, somebody that works 40 hours a week mm-hmm. person that has bills to pay and looks at this going, oh, I can't look at that. Well, mm-hmm. it makes you want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh, what well, do you do? It gets to the point, though, where it becomes overwhelming. And a if you look at it, you, seems you like feel nothing. helpless. Right. Mm-hmm. They, 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 we're numb to the word billions. <laughs> yeah. Remember when billions was. That was a big number. Unheard of. Mm-hmm. Trillions rarely came about. Trillions is, that's what we work with. Well, we're going to have to deal with 
4.2 or 2 trillion. Mm. What? What was our Last what was one. our stimulus? Yeah. Was Let's, not billions. Yeah, the COVID relief one. <laughs> recently was 1.9 I was it 1.9? I think it was 1.9 trillion dollars. And 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 if you read through the bill, there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't really go towards a what I would consider an emergency. It doesn't go at all towards. I agree. Yeah, there's billions of dollars that go to different people for different things. Outside and, and of, of our course, country too. And of course, yeah. We always have this amount of money that tends to go someplace other than the people who are contributing to the and system. A lot, and a lot of people of the sayings are is, is the saying is to that is if we are paying our government enough money for them to give it to another country, we are paying way too much in taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a there's a, a statistic here that talks about how much the foreign like how much of our debt is actually in the hands of a foreign uh, government. Yeah, it almost it almost seems like that we're owned by somebody. I don't know, like who do we take a lot of money from? <laughs> is it China? China. So the there's a stat here that says U.S. debt held by foreign countries, and it's over seven trillion dollars. So uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. I know that it, the the Federal Reserve. So I don't know all about the, the financial system. So bear with me. People might call me out on it. But the Federal Reserve is sort of like the central bank to the United States and other banks, other major banks. They establish interest rates that everyone else has to follow. They're the ones who are creating this fiat currency called dollars, and they determine. Uh, much of how the uh, interest rates and what's the other word I'm looking for, um, you know, inflation is going to be, mm-hmm. the inflation rate. So they have to, they have to, they t- tend to control our economy in such a way that kind of slows things down or speeds things up, adjusts yeah, based on what's going on, which I think is ridiculous because they're also, they're not a government agency. They might be called the Federal Reserve, but they're not actually owned by the government. They have so much power for the they do regular working person. Yeah, they do. So anyway, it's interesting to see the the amount of money that they're they're controlling. And one of the things I want to kind of bring in to the the show was this idea of cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. because cryptocurrency is, is very independent of what we would consider a standard type of currency. So I know you're not super familiar with, with like Bitcoin, but there's, I don't know, there may be even thousands of different cryptocurrencies. Now they're all electronic currencies. Some of them follow a certain type of, a formula of how they're created. There are some cryptocurrencies that actually use existing cryptocurrency networks in order to provide the ability to, to transfer money on their networks. So uh, let's just talk real brief about like mm-hmm. Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is basically the first cryptocurrency. If you imagine, you know, cryptocurrency being like a lot of other currencies, like let's just say the dollar, dollar used to be backed by physical gold. gold right. Cryptocurrency, as far as like Bitcoin is concerned, people say that it is like gold. But it's backed by nothing? And, and, and here's the reason. So if you think about it in terms of gold, gold is a precious metal. Why is it precious? It's rarity. It's somewhat rare, exactly. And the uh, the amount of work that it takes to get it can be substantial. Sure. Have you seen those those massive gold uh, 
I don't even want to, they look like massive holes in the ground, like a quarry, a quarry, right? Mm -hmm. And they have massive amounts of dirt. They're exploding hillsides and then they're hauling off of that dirt and they're trying to filter out and find that gold. Three ounces out of 40 ton of dirt. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just an enormous amount of effort and resources to get that gold. That's one of the reasons why gold is so well, so expensive, why its value is so high, because it's so difficult to get right. much of it. And especially through the years, it's get, it seems to be getting harder and harder to, to, to get to it, So, that, which is one of the reasons why gold continues to go up in price. With Bitcoin, it's similar. So those of you who are listening and don't know much about Bitcoin, definitely go out and do some research on it. I'm going to cut you off before you yeah. go, so people don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Almost literally the time, I kind of knew a little bit more before, you touched on it on one of our other podca- podcasts, mm-hmm. and um might have one too many sips, and... Um, <laughs> gin and tonics again. <laughs> and, um, but put myself in my, my ignorance, mm-hmm. it wasn't too far before that, where if I had to, if somebody just asked me, I'd be like, I imagine it's this coin that's worth money. I could have almost thought that I'd get a coin. Mm-hmm. That what did I think it was a precious gold? No, I felt like it was man made, but I think I even asked you. So I, mean, I think I knew the answer when I asked you, but still, I didn't know 100% about stuff. So it's not like gold. I can't go buy it and hold it into my hand. Right. It has to be stored on a mm-hmm. electronic. It's digital. And, mm-hmm. and, and because I'm old, I'm like, to, I don't see value in it. I see it false because I feel like I have to hold it, not that what it could achieve. Because mm-hmm. I know, I get it, it could achieve things. It, it's capable to buy and purchase and sell and grow, obviously. So it's weird to, it's weird to me. It's, it is very weird. I mean, think about currency uh, for like human history. We've always had something that we would trade based on the value. Bartering. It, yeah, bartering right. systems were based on having something that someone else wanted. And you might have had something, or they had Food, something, and linen, you just trade right. one for the other. And eventually, you get to a point where, instead of having you know a hundred goats for that cart or whatever, it, you, now you've got some some agreed upon currency. It's, right, it's easy that that could represent a certain amount of something, and you can use that to trade instead. Because there's some level of value. You the could problem, carry 100 goats of value in a pocket. Yeah. And, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. and, and so yeah, now you could, go, you could go pay that instead of saying, and keep your yeah. goat. Exactly. Exactly. So the idea of Bitcoin is different because it's not something physical. It's not something that you're going to put in your pocket, it's, uh, which is also one of the advantages of it. When credit cards came into our, our financial system, Credit cards, people just didn't quite trust it because a credit card, it's, yeah, sure, it's a, it's a plastic card sitting in your hand, but it's not like a dollar bill. You don't lose the card when you spend it. It stays in your hand. Right. And you don't see the dollar bills leaving it and going someplace else. Right. But for me, the, the credit card, I get, I get that mm-hmm. completely. And, and I understand your, your, what you're using it for. But for me, the, 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 but I could see that it's backed by, those people's money. Mm-hmm. Well, so let me talk a little bit about where it came from. Yeah, please. And then, and then we'll kind of go into some questions because I know you got you got stuff on your mind here. So, cryptocurrency. The the first was really Bitcoin. It was created by a guy named uh, Satoshi Yakamoto, and we don't know if that's an, a real 
if that was his real name. There's some question of whether this right? person actually was a single person or as a group of programmers. Oh, but he he created he created this uh, wrote this white paper on this idea of cryptocurrency, this new digital currency, and he did or they did this programming where they created this this digital currency that works in a network. If you think about the internet, the internet is basically a network of computers. It's one computer connected to another computer, which is connected to another computer. And in some cases, there are central computers that do a lot more than, let's say, our, our phone that's connecting to that network. And the idea with Bitcoin is that you, you have these, what they call miners. So think in terms of gold. You've got people mining for gold. In Bitcoin, these computers they solve uh, complex math problems, you know, calculating. And as a reward, they earn Bitcoin. So as they mine, the mining process is actually computer processes solving problems. So when someone, and, and the original network started with a certain amount of uh, Bitcoin in the system. So you start off with a certain amount. And then based on a transaction going from one place to the next, all these computers on the network vie to solve a problem to process that transaction. And when the first person who solves that problem gets rewarded with a certain amount of Bitcoin and processes that transaction. One of the critical aspects of this, and this is probably where most people get excited who aren't excited about Bitcoin in particular, but excited about the technology, there's this call, this thing called a blockchain. Blockchain is basically, it's just a log of transactions. So in financial speak, gotcha. you know, it's just, it's just a, um, you know, an account balance and, sure. and a record of where money is coming and where it's going. The blockchain is concrete. It gets stacked and it's public. So you might be sort of anonymous in this network, but the dollar's the, the sorry, not dollars, the Bitcoin that's traveling from one, the sender to the receiver is recorded in this blockchain. And all of these computers on the network verify that blockchain, which makes this very secure in a way that you can't just hack the system and trick people into, oh, I sent a lot to this person. Well, the rest of the network has to verify that that was a, a legit mm -hmm. transaction, records it. When Bitcoin leaves the sender, and, and gets to the receiver, that Bitcoin is gone from that account. If you think about banking, if we say, you know, Dave, I want to I send you some money, my bank has to then transfer it to your bank. And instead of me losing it out of my bank, there's sort of a, you know, they kind of put a hold, say, True. okay. And then once the transaction is finalized, then yeah, sure, it's gone out of my account and into yours. Right. In Bitcoin, there's no getting it back. In banking, if I do a stop payment, it's going to stop the payment. If uh, there's non-sufficient funds, then there's something that goes, you know, that person is charged for non-sufficient non funds. And, you know, you get your money or in some cases the bank will get your, you know, give you that, that money for whatever that transaction was. Or it gets charged back. In Bitcoin, once it's gone... To that other person, there's no getting it back unless the uh, the receiver says okay, and I'll send it back to you. Send it back, right? Mm -hmm. But in that process, the network has to okay the transaction. Hmm. Now, 
that is good in a way that you can send money from really far away in an instant. And I mean, it's sometimes depending on how long that network takes to verify the, um, you know, the transaction and logs it into that blockchain, it might take a few minutes to do, but it's a lot faster than what our banking system does right now. What's there's several important parts of it, but the scarcity of those Bitcoin is one thing because the programming is set up in such a way that there will only be a certain number of Bitcoin ever created within the network. Hmm. And I think that that number, I did write it down, is 21 million Bitcoin. So you know, so there's only 21 million Bitcoin out there that can be shared or in, in in existence. So it would be think about 21 million gold coins mm. never to be created again. And think about that guy many podcasts ago that had lost I don't know how many bitcoin it was. That should piss everybody off. Yeah. That's or that's that bitcoin actually, that no longer exists within the system. I bet you that it doesn't piss everybody off. I bet you that only pisses him off cuz that's his money but it makes his, everybody else's more valuable, right? Because it's rarer. Because it makes it more rare. Because exactly, out of right. all the... Oh. Mm-hmm, exactly. They're probably laughing, sh- you schmuck. So, <laughs> yeah. so I got I to gotta jump. Yeah, so, go ahead. So uh, I really try. I know there's a bunch of different... There's, there's different ways to converse with people. Some people like to um, uh, listen and hear what's going on. But some people are too busy trying to think of the next thing that they're going to say versus listening. Mm-hmm. So I really try really hard to listen. Mm-hmm. And I did. And, and, and a while back, I had thought of something. So I'm not trying to, I got to say it before you get too far. So yeah. if I was, sure. and that doesn't sound like it, because as far as you get going, but if I was to want to create my own cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. so I'm going to make something up here. Let's say I take a hundred grand cash and I put it in the bank, if you will. So then now there's something back. There's something there. This is the only way I could think of doing it. I can't mm-hmm. do it out of nothing. So mm-hmm. let's say I create a, uh, an ability to loan money. And I'm trying to use the GOAT idea, mm-hmm. idea kind of sort of. And, and so people go, well, I want to borrow money from you. And here's this. And I start taking money. I go, well, wait a minute. How about each dollar I have is worth blah, 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 Kramer coin. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you what. I'll give you 10 Kramer coin for every dollar you know that you you own well then then because i have money to back that if you will then they could take that kramer coin somebody else deals with kramer coin can now say i'll take your tail that's all backed you know i'm just trying to say yeah. how could okay. i create a crypto so there, know, there's currency a, there's a couple of things there one but is they did it out of nothing though well, no 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 no, no, no. you you pointed on they did it on calculating there's a scarcity weird to me there's a scarcity meaning there's only a certain number of bitcoin that will ever exist and there only a certain amount of bitcoin is released by the system every every transaction for a certain number of years there's i think it's like 20 hmm. so how much is being used right now do you know uh so yeah reward per transaction block right now i think they said it's like six Six coins, which, by the way, have you looked at the current value of Bitcoin? Today, $60,000 for a single. I was going to say, I thought I heard it was over mm-hmm. 50, but my heavens. Yeah, no, it's But, it's but when we ridiculous. had the last po- podcast, it was what, 35 or something? Yeah, I think when we talked about it originally, yeah, it was over 30,000. And that was a new ago. record. Mm-hmm. And it's doubled again. I know, it's crazy. But so in uh, 
so they do this process called halving. And halving halving is like the process of cutting the number of rewards, Bitcoin rewarded, in half over a certain period of time. The last time will be May of 2024, I think. No, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Let's see. The next one. So right now it's 6.25 Bitcoins for, you know, that, that reward. In May 2024, it's going to get halved again. So it'll be, what is that, a, a 3.1 sure. whatever. So over time, it gets halved again and again and again. And I can't remember what year it's supposed to finally go to no more Bitcoins are rewarded. Now, there's a reward for the transaction, but it's different than the reward. Like, there's a transaction fee associated with the, the transaction. It's very, very minuscule, but that will be the only thing that exists after. No new Bitcoin will be created. Now, imagine if we mm. ran out of gold. There was no more gold. Can you imagine what that would do? The value of gold would just go crazy. Yes, it would. It would go absolutely crazy. Now, with Bitcoin, think of it as there's some value to it. If you take your dollar bills, put it in the bank, and say, I want to start my crypto, um, um, my new coin, you're basing it on dollars, right. which is also a fiat currency. But that's all which I is, ca- calculate. Which is losing value constantly. <sighs> See, now, if you, take, right. if you take gold, gold is pretty rare, and it, so far it's increasing in value pretty steadily. If that was what you based your your crypto on, then there might be some sort of value, inferred value, because you have some asset there to back it. But crypto creates its own value. It's not based on having something, some other thing. Which makes it thing. hard for me to believe that there is value. I thought it was a scam when it, when it started off. I was, in, uh, I was working at one of the high schools, and my student aides came in, and they were talking to me about this. And they said, yeah, we should use some old computers and build some mining units. And in mine for uh, Bitcoin, I'm like, uh, that sounds like a scam. That doesn't sound good it at sounds, all. It sounds ridiculous yeah. to me today. And, and so I gave, it gave them a hard time. And, and during that time, the value of a Bitcoin was less than a penny, I think. And, and then it quickly grew into the hundreds of dollars. But, and, yeah. and, this, so, and this is like uh, when, I, I want to say this was like 2000, 2008, I could be. Yeah, it could be some other. I, I'm trying to remember back to when I actually was dealing with uh, this idea that we've got this new, what I thought was like a pyramid scheme sort of thing. It's just a grand and, one. <laughs> but the value of, of Bitcoin at the time was very, very small. And it's and I didn't think that this was like a real thing because there's no real value. The people who are trading it around... I thought they kind of created the value. I didn't understand the structure behind it. The reason that it becomes so valuable is that it takes a lot of energy to mine Bitcoin. If you look at any of these companies who that's what their company model is, is to mine for for Bitcoins, it's, it takes an enormous amount of electricity to run all of these computers in order to then process. Because each of these computers has the software on it that transact, that it acts as the, the network that, that takes the transac- transactions on the network, processes them, making sure that, that Bitcoin gets transferred to the appropriate person, and in the process gets rewarded by having new Bitcoin released. And then there's those little transaction fees within it. So, so it's, so it's, it's, so there's actually some 
it's not all virtual because it requires electricity. It's, I it know. It requires it's hardware just, it's just to do a, it. it. It's just it, not it's just, your sweat. I just don't. I, I will tell you, I just can't comprehend, unless you're kidding, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the mining for Bitcoin mm-hmm. is just sounds ridiculous to me, but it's just because I can't get it. I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't comprehend it, I guess. Well, it's like it's a bunch of calculators trying to figure out these complex math problems. And if they're the first one to, to get it, they get a little reward. And right, at, in okay. the beginning, a Bitcoin didn't seem like it was valuable at all. So, so it was like a game. So, so but, do you know who, what they're doing with the calculations that they're coming up with? And why is there so many it's just, needed calculations that people need? I just don't get it. So there's, a, there's I mean? a few different things. One is participation in the network. The more people who participate in that network... The more people who are um, processing transactions, earning coins, and continuing to create this network of people who are also using your currency. Okay, so there's more people using your currency. That's a good thing because Mm -hmm. now more and more people recognize it as a form of currency. In Bitcoin, because there is a scarcity, and what I like about it is that it's not controlled by a central bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty big thing. In fact, a lot of uh, world governments are really concerned about cryptocurrencies because they don't have control. In the U.S., we have the Federal Reserve. It controls a lot of, of interest rates and the value of, of this or that. It's, it manipulates our economy on quite a bit. You know, when we do these um, stimulus or COVID relief things, they're having to create money out of thin air. We don't have it. We don't have gold. Right. We don't have all of these things that would say that we have that money. We're just asking the Federal Reserve to provide us more of it. And 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 so and plus the the value of the dollar continues to slide and get worthless and more worthless uh, through the years. With Bitcoin, the value continues to increase as more and more people participate in the process. And there's no more. There's a certain finite finite amount of Bitcoin that's going to ever be available. So let me ask you, if somebody wanted to play around with it, how does somebody... I don't want to buy a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell, you know... How about this? I don't want to, like, deplete my, you know, a chunk of my uh, uh, um, nest egg to buy mm-hmm. one Bitcoin just for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how can you go... Can somebody invest... A thousand dollars into a Bitcoin? Yeah, so there's a, there's different ways to Robinhood. You won't even touch it on. Touch yeah, on, I don't think so. Bitcoin is a computer program. You can get a what they call a wallet, and that wallet just every time that you create a wallet, it gives you a special ID. It's this very long number, and it identifies you on the network as that particular ID. That gives you the ability to then assign. Bitcoin to that ID number. The blockchain has that ID number and the amount of Bitcoin that resides in in that uh, that account. So if you want to get onto the network and have a wallet, you can use a lot of different platforms that exist out there. I use a, a system or a company called Coinbase. There are a lot of them out there that will get you your wallet and your ID number. If I decide that I don't want to go through Coinbase anymore, I can still take that that wallet ID and go and, and use it someplace else. It's still so my ID. Would, um, it's just a matter of how do I access it. And that's where we talked last time about it, where each person has a key, and that right. gives you the access to that, that particular right. wallet. I like the, the analogy of using your, your wallet as like the, you know, in a, in a bank where you've got the safety deposit boxes. And the safety deposit box requires your key to access it. 
but your safety deposit box is transparent. So you can see what's in what's there. In it, right. And that's where the blockchain comes in. You can it's interesting that you can go to some of these websites that just show you the Bitcoin blockchain and you can actually see all these transactions live getting processed and and uh you know values changing on the network. It's it's I mean, for someone who's not interested in Bitcoin, maybe it's not that interesting. But I find it interesting because you can't go to a bank and see everyone passing money so, around. And mind you, I, I'm not trying to put something else on your shoulders that you don't mm-hmm. aren't an expert at or, yeah. or make you make a call that you don't feel comfortable at. But I could use me as an example that there's maybe there's people out there like me that, you know, I throw a grand on it just for fun. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if it doesn't have, does, if, it, if it drops to $20,000 in two weeks, it does, and then so be it. You know, it, it's, again, well, not to be, trying to be humble, not trying to be a pompous but you know i could i could absorb that just to give it a shot but mm-hmm. at the same time buying high is ridiculous usually mm-hmm. but at the same time it could be fun to see you know you could still get a trickle on the way up or to balance it up. i mean it might be fun to play but is it worth somebody to go to do that it depends on the time frame that you expect to see something because well, knowing knowing that bitcoin there's a finite number of coins that will ever exist that means it's scarce. So in other words, if I'm willing to buy it and then just go for... And for, sit on it, like that guy who lost a whole bunch of his Bitcoin because he got rid of a hard drive and realized that Bitcoin was actually something valuable. <laughs> so right now, Bitcoin is, of course, really expensive. It's 60 grand approximately for a single coin. Not too many weeks ago, it was half that. Not too many years ago, it was significantly less than that. So we're talking over... I thought it was three grand when you told me it was 35. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is over the long run, I would see that Bitcoin is going to continue to climb in value. Now, that doesn't mean that next week it may it might not take... I mean, it could take a 20% that goes fall. With, yeah. Because it's a very volatile thing. But again, over the long term, it seems to be a pretty good investment because the value... We already know that it's a finite... Uh, we'll say resource just like gold is and it's hard and true to the rules gold so imagine yes right now it's hard to find gold but what if we end up hitting a massive gold deposit they just did did they okay so you hit you hit a massive gold deposit and suddenly the the amount of gold on the market is is now more well if there's more of it the price is going to go down but we know in bitcoin that's not going to happen because we know that there's a finite finite amount of Bitcoin that will ever be in existence. And those people who forget their their key to their wallet, that no long that Bitcoin, you can just kiss it goodbye yeah. because it's no longer going to be no traded access. on the network. So now that twenty one old high school story. Yeah. You. That twenty one million Bitcoin that could ever exist. We'll never hit 21 million it because we've already lost a whole bunch just from people not realizing right. what they had. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I wish I could say more about it, but it was just this week I saw it was like a third... A third... Third? <laughs> have another sip. <laughs> a third world country that mm-hmm. they just hacked into a bunch of gold, I guess. And and I wanted to look into it, but mm-hmm. when I seem to find it, I'm on my break and, and then I get back into work and, and then I forget to go back and find it and then I remember. Mm-hmm. But... So, 
you keep saying so many things and which creates, I have a couple other questions, which might cite, it's about Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. it might take us off. And I don't know if we're ready for it, but you keep saying yeah, things. Go ahead. So you kept, you, you talk about, I'm going to go, I'm just not going to go back to all, all of it, but you, we were talking about the energy it takes for them to, mm, the it's resources, so funny yeah. to, to mine this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had just recently, and I'm going to grab my phone because I had to take some snapshots because I'm like, I never even thought of this. So okay. this pertains to one of my favorites, just kidding, um, Bill Gates. Mm. And But this goes both ways. When I first read it, you know, off the top of my bat, I'm like, oh, what's he warning us? And then I'm like, maybe he's warning us because he doesn't have any Bitcoin. Mm. So he starts talking negative stuff about the Bitcoin mm-hmm. and the future about Bitcoin. So I'm going to read this to you. And this is from Forbes. I'm not saying they're all right, but they're definitely, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, people you know they're yeah they're smart people thank you sure so here's the here's the headline bill gates sounds alarm on bitcoin's energy consumption here's why crypto is bad for climate change yeah yep and so i'm reading i'm like to break it down to people like me people people hit the enter button an awful lot (laughs) they you because of the transactions this is what there's i'll read it i'll read it here it creates a carbon footprint. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You want me to explain so, that one? <laughs> well, I, I, I want to try to tell you what, what my simple mind about okay. this did, and then please fill in the blanks. Sure. So, because it's, I could read back, go back and read it, but I'm trying not to. But what I took from it was that because of the transactions, so many transactions, it's creating a carbon footprint. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought electric cars, electric stuff, there's zero emissions. Well, that's output. So this is my trying to understand it. So mm-hmm. they're talking about the energy that it's using. In other words, those coal processors that are making electricity, mm-hmm. is that the... Part where does the carbon footprint come from? That, yeah. And why is it so bad that he's willing to step up and say, this place is killing our... I, I almost thought it was a hoax. Like, you're saying that I'm hitting enter enough... You know, <laughs> making these transactions, in other words... Yeah is creating all of this. Mm-hmm. And hearing you talk about all these computers and all the, I'm like, ooh, this is making a little bit more sense because mm-hmm. I could see it's taking a lot of power to run that. And, but but okay. it also goes to the point where I, I, I like electric cars and stuff, but it's not the save all. Everybody's like, well, where are you going to charge them? You're going to have to charge it for fossil fuels. You're going to create your electricity. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, it might be zero emissions as you're driving it, but to create the energy to charge it with, it may mm-hmm. not be. Well, yeah. But, and, and the process it when it's done. So, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. And so, so to me, and, and then, then it stemmed with, if that's a carbon issue, enough for him to bring up that it's, it's bad for our climate change, mm-hmm. then is it not our cars? Is it that? That's maybe, I mean, maybe it's in yeah. addition to it, but... Are we talking about that our computers and all of that is maybe the worst part of our, if it could affect our climate change, how bad is it? And think of, that's just Bitcoin. What about every single other transaction out there that is not just, it's not just Bitcoin that's, that's ruining, um, or is bad for the climate, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So let me, let me kind so of have touch you heard on about the way, any yeah, of that? I have, I haven't, I may have actually read that, that article at some point, but so the idea of, of the, the carbon footprint of this the computer itself takes electricity to run. And when you're running a computer, you ever noticed when you're working on your laptop and suddenly the fan kicks on and 
It's because it, it's it's using quite a bit more resources of its own right. in order to process whatever is going on. Maybe you got like, oh, you got your. Sorry. <laughs> so the idea is that when the computer is is under load, trying to process a whole bunch of stuff, maybe you got like multiple windows open or tabs or whatever, and the computer has to to keep up with all that all that multitasking the the cpu starts to run right. more electricity and now it requires the fan to cool it down and you notice it right there when you're working on it so, okay, I, so I gotta interject yeah, don't go forget because i want you to keep going okay so when his quote is bitcoin uses more electricity per transaction than any other method known to mankind that's what he told new york times mm-hmm. so that means like perhaps what you're saying is that it's so complex sorry again is that its transactions are so complex, like you said, like when you're doing something mm-hmm. extra smart. I don't know computers, okay? <laughs> extra smart. <laughs> you want to talk about guns, I'll know that. But you want to talk about computers, I'm going to have to use my terminology, uh, yeah. and it sucks. But when it's doing pulling more resources from its computer, it bogs down, mm-hmm. or it might... So is that what it's saying, is that they're re, it's Think, yeah. thinking extra hard? Because you're saying it's doing some amazing calculations. Yeah, so think about it in terms of, uh, let's just say, towing with your rig. Okay. And you got to rev that engine... And in order to get more torque and more to pull whatever sure, it is. Sure, okay, I get okay? You. Yeah. And so your your rig starts to produce a lot more heat yeah. in the process, and it consumes a lot more fuel. In this situation, fuel is electricity. Because as the gotcha. processor ramps up, it's got to it's gotta do things uh, more quickly, uses more electricity. Now, because it's heating up, you got to cool it. Okay. One of the, some of the oh, biggest, okay, yeah. some of the biggest uh, Bitcoin mining farms that exist are actually, I think they're in uh, Iceland because they have this uh, amazing source of electricity, which is their thermo, uh, what do they call it? The geothermal electricity because they're volcanic areas. So they do a lot of electricity based on geothermal. And then the climate up there is very cold. So they can get the wow. side benefit, which is the electricity, cheap, and the cooling effect, which is also cheap. For us, for instance, well, we're not in California, but if our temperatures were like California, and not only is electricity really expensive in California, but now you're talking about cooling facilities because that AC has to cool those machines down. That AC also mm. takes a considerable amount of electricity, especially if you're trying to balance what's the indoor temperature with what is naturally outside. Now you're talking about the energy consumption that's massive. So you compare um, Bitcoin farms in California to the ones in, you know, Iceland or, I don't know, Greenland or something. I have Those... nothing about this stuff. Yeah, but it makes I... sense, though, right? Yeah, well, sure, but absolutely. I'm glad you're explaining it to me. But now I'm not too sure if there's other people out there like me. I might be the only one that doesn't have a clue. <laughs> I, I would take Bitcoin away. I never even would have thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that regular energy consumption could create you know, carbon footprint, but I never would have thought mm-hmm. how I dumb it down is hitting enter or doing these transactions or doing all of the mining is going to create, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's what it's absorbed. Man, it's yeah. just insane. It is insane. And so the reason that he says that this is really bad for the environment is because, well, it kind of, it kind of is depending on where you're getting your electricity from. But how bad? I mean, is it so bad? Like, how about this? It, I literally on the headline, I thought, Oh, is this a scam? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I believe them, but Forbes, that's reputable. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're right or wrong all the time or whatever, mm-hmm. but, oh, that's reason to go ahead and question it, not just blow it off. Yeah. And and then, and then <laughs> I just never thought about it because nobody's ever said it. Mm-hmm. When I've heard carbon footprint, I heard of, you know, 
cars. I've heard, you know... Um, You're thinking more in terms of, like, carbon in the atmosphere from sure, exhaust. Sure, sure. And cows, yeah, I've heard that, yeah, you know, all farts. that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what I was talking to my wife about, mm-hmm. as... Because I have to, on certain things, and I, I make fun of people, would I need to make you a pop-up book for you to get it? Mm-hmm. I make fun because the things I don't get, that's what I need. <laughs> so are you yeah. this dumb, guys? Yeah. Because I said, what is it? Every time you hit enter, it's a <laughs> exhaust, you know? Yeah. It, did it create something that's out funny. in the, you know, that's literally how I have to take it in and go, mm-hmm. and now how is that? But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. As I was reading, it makes sense, but... Why is it that, I mean, I understand if Bitcoin takes more energy than any other thing on mankind, I get now there's a, there's a reason to bring it up because there's it's more cost. than any other. I get that. But how, is it so little though? Because we never heard about it before. Is it so little on everything else put together? All the other transactions that we make from Amazon or, I, I mean, I'm just saying mm-hmm. the transactions and transactions. Yeah. But all put together, nobody's ever brought it enough to attention at least for me to hear it you know that that our our electronic transactions are an issue well it it to again that it is i never even would have contemplated it until i read this it, it just depends on where you're getting your electricity from but the the resources you know when we were talking about uh gold earlier and the amount of resources that it takes to regularly really pull gold out of the ground get it processed and be available to be used as you know precious metal uh, carbon emissions yeah there's a ton yeah it, you're you're not only using electricity in those transit or in those processes that it's and, or it's not yeah it's carbon free yeah not but, that it oh it does take electricity duh electricity has been created duh yeah but but i guess i get especially hearing it now when you talk about the complexity of the um sorry of the the how the computers work mm-hmm. i can't remember how you called it but I can understand now that 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 why he would say because if you were talking about the complexity and he's saying it uses more than any other, it also goes to show how complex you might be talking, mm-hmm. how much it is. Yeah. But it's, still, I can't even believe that it's such an issue that he brought it up. So it's not cheap to run a bit mining. They call it a bit mining rig. It's not cheap Sorry, be, because it's so because you may bizarre. If, if so, for instance, if I set up a bitcoining rig at home. And I'm running it on my network using my electricity. I may not ever in you know a year. I may not earn a single Bitcoin because my computer has to see that there's a transaction being made and Vi by you know basically completing this very complicated process in order to be allowed to actually process that transition and, and transaction and add it to the blockchain to earn one you have to earn one and so these mining to, rigs make one. we're talking about it. uh we're talking about rigs that are hooked together in such a way that as a group the processing power is massive and you're it, literally talking and about i wouldn't be able to do it brains. yeah i wouldn't be able to do it with my single computer it, and so i'd be using all that electricity and not really ever getting paid for it now okay, these okay. massive mining rigs, these these companies that have thousands of these computers, it's these things are working together to to earn a a coin. And when they do, it being sixty grand for a coin right it now, pays off. it might just pay off. So, so it depends on where stuff, your rig you're, is located. You're going to tell me it's way more, but just in co- uh, easiness here. Mm-hmm. So 
they could turn it on and they get a bill every month for a thousand bucks. Like, oh crap, that's a lot of money. You know? and, and in turn, that thousand bucks, it's a lot of money because it created a lot of emissions and a lot of other stuff in the background mm-hmm. to earn that electricity to process yeah. the, and then so you get, you got to pay that, but mm-hmm. that also will give you the fuel to run the machines mm-hmm. that it could create Oh my gosh. Yeah. Think about, just think about the gold mining yeah. because it really is kind of like that. It's just a digital version of it. I know. If you watch the... Uh, which which I am old and I want to call it fake because it's... it's yeah, but also... Can, if I want to grasp it, I want to grab the computer and hope that there's bre- something smart yeah. in it. But I mean, you, you think about the documents that sit on your phone, you know, the pictures that are on your phone. Those are kind of fake too. You know, they some people describe it as like sending a photo That's really to someone great, else. That, yeah, you know? because I could have a little right there, the little box over there has a mm-hmm. bunch of photos in it i grab it and run mm-hmm. those are real mm-hmm. but those these are i could put my phone in the through a magnet and mm-hmm. they're gone uh sort but, of but yeah i mean the idea is um you know when you have something that's physical you know there is it creates some rarity because what happens you know how much of it is available like gold and how much is going to be available in the future. See, with I'm this, so old, I feel like I won't put any money in anything I can't pack up. Yeah, well, I mean, but, my grandparents... But you kind of can, it's just... Yeah, my grandparents oh. were kind of, you know, along that, you know, that, that mindset as well. But Bitcoin is just one of many cryptocurrencies that exist. Hey! So... I picked up on that. <laughs> You're like my grandpa. You, you just, you just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, but, but the idea, the, but the idea that that Bitcoin is the most popular. It's the highest in value. I think it's the highest in value right now, and it's the first generation. There are many other generations of of cryptocurrencies that have come after. There's one called Ethereum, which I I really like. It has the same basic idea of Bitcoin, where it's decentralized. There's a limited number of of coins that will ever be created. Uh, there are more of them though. And so the, the ultimate value of that is probably going to be less than Bitcoin because Bitcoin has a limit of, you know, 21 million where I think Ethereum is quite a bit more, uh, maybe into the billions. But that's the I, big I deal, remember. isn't it? That's the big deal to make in that a possible success is really putting a cap on it. Yeah. And so with I never Ethereum, even knew that, just so you know, I didn't know that either. I didn't know anything really, but be, I didn't know that. Because this is a digital currency and there's a certain like the blockchain it, it just records the transaction That's from where the rarity and if you look at ethereum ethereum does the same the, the basically the same but they do these other things that there you can add some programming into it and they call these smart contracts where you could set up a transfer from one account from one person to the other person when that that person on the other end uh has let's just say uh, you know, they have this contract. When that contract has been fulfilled, that coin automatically goes over. So there's this ability to have, based on a uh, certain programming code, if this person achieves this thing, they automatically get the payment. So it's for really it. not nothing. It's not something out of nothing. It's really it's data, right? It is. So so there's Which something about, val- but it's something of value. Mm-hmm. It's not really. So mm-hmm. if I I think the not the first thing, but I think. Uh, before we even talked about it, the last podcast, I kind of said, seems pyramid schemey because mm-hmm. it didn't seem like you were, it was accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. But because of the data, that there's value there mm-hmm. that could be utilized somewhere else, right? Well, it's, it's transparent, but it's almost the opposite of pyramid scheme. If you think about our current, like the US dollar, it's a pyramid scheme because the bank at the top makes the most money. The banks underneath make their cut. What's left over 
for the other banks get their cut and what's left over is what other like businesses or people get for loans. And so what was once a dollar is now a percentage of a dollar when you get down to that bottom person. And so the amount of, of money is really flowing up to the people at the top. So sure. really, uh, and the dollar continues to lose value. So really that's more of a pyramid scheme than yeah, Bitcoin. Especially when- Bitcoin is the almost the opposite where it's, 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 Decreasing, decreasing in availability, which automatically is going to create more demand, especially right. when you have more and more people they participating. The rarity in the beginning, and the more people who participate, the rarer it becomes. Hmm. The rarer so, is that a word? Rarer. I, I go with it. <laughs> more so, rare. Hey, you know your audience, huh? <laughs> they will bite it. Buy it. Um, so in Ethereum or what were you talking Ethereum. about? Ethereum. Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I don't think it's too big of a deal. So is that a company that... It's not a company. Oh. Decentralized. Not a company. Bitcoin is not a company. All right. Is that an investment that you would even be willing to invest or have you? Yeah, I have. Have mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Yeah. And just so folks know, I'm not giving financial advice here. Right. Well, But, the, <laughs> but, but that, here's the thing is that the the you can see what the value of these things you can get into the network by a lot of different companies providing programs like coinbase provides a program to have a a wallet on your phone you could go old school and and have the program running on your computer and and directly access the the network you could be a miner if you wanted to but the idea is that it's not run by a single company bitcoin is not is not centralized, which is one of the things that makes it so valuable. Mm. Same thing. Ethereum is not something that is centralized. It is what they call distributed. And the cool thing about Ethereum is that because of these smart contracts, it allows other people to create coins to be used on the Ethereum network. Mm. So now you could do, there's one uh, coin uh oh gosh, I'm gonna forget what it's what it's called. I'm gonna have to bring up my my Coinbase uh uh, wallet here to see but there are other there are other what they call tokens that is like a, a cryptocurrency that runs on these other systems and it allows you to do certain things and transacting you know transferring money based on a fulfillment of a contract or some people have done you know like kickstarter where they're doing fundraising you could set up as a scenario is that the coins people will will say yes i will donate to your your fundraiser but if you don't reach your fundraising goal of let's say $1000 then if you don't reach that goal then no one moves their ethereum to you know that receiver right. that contract failed and so all those people retain their ethereum now if that person surpasses whatever that that goal is whatever the contract was set for then all those coins then go to that that mm. person uh but there's you know all kinds of um you know there's all kinds of different cryptocurrencies i mean there's i, I can't even count how many exist i'm i'm sure there's thousands and in some cases they've been created and have turned out to be a scam where there wasn't really an intention of making a currency. It was just a way of fundraising well, for a so many people company. Like, like me that when we hear that, even you did, you know, but you're, you're more tech savvy, but, but when I hear that, I think, Oh, that's ridiculous, you know? And I wouldn't put it in because I wouldn't know if it's going to end up being a scam or not until, you know, until people are already making tons of money, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, 
I get way behind. I see a lot of cool um, Kickstarters, and I'm willing to even help. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if I can't get over if it's a scam or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't even mean like, I don't even want to say a scam. Like, uh, like it, if it's just... I can understand. Just not trusting. Right. Because you don't know enough about There's it. There's a couple to, electrical yeah. car companies out there mm-hmm. I'm interested in, but... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's this um it's called District X, I think. Uh it says it's a Ethereum token. It powers a, a network of decentralized marketplaces called districts. And they use the Ethereum network to basically run these particular coins. So you can run other things on top of those networks. And some people find that they're valuable for whatever, you know, whatever reason. Again, it's people determining that there's value there. If if Bitcoin had zero people wanting to participate, then the value would probably wouldn't be very much. Right. But there are so many people who want to participate because of these, poten- these, these potential advantages within the marketplace. They were talking about, as I was watching different uh, videos on YouTube and Netflix and others, there are like foreign countries where the, the 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 population has like cell phones. They just can't get a loan from a bank. They have no way to get money to do whatever. Well, that changes the game because now they don't have to go through a bank. Right. They can do fundraising in a different way. They can transact, you know, money from one person to the next. And that's a they don't they don't have huge selling factor to think so about many. it. If those folks are selling it. selling their trinkets or you know a goat or whatever, they get some form of of cash. Where are they going to store that safely? Because right. there may maybe the law in that area is not going to protect them from being you know robbed or whatever. They could do these transactions, <clears throat> excuse me, on on their phone, and have someone pay for that that cow or whatever, and it goes instantly. You cannot, um, you know, for instance, if someone pays via a check, there's a certain period of time where you you're holding that check, you've lost your product, and now you're going to take it to the bank and see if the check is any good. Right. <laughs> this That's is a problem. Good, right? This is always good because as soon as they hit send, it's sent. It's you. You can't get it back unless the person who's receiving says, "Okay, I'll send it back to you." So, all right. So let's you, you covered a lot of it. So now mm-hmm. let's just say, let's say I've invested and it's gotten big enough, and I'm like, man, oh, I won't even say to. I got me a coin. Mm-hmm. Now, now I want to have um, what's the word? I want to get dividends on it. You know, I want to. You want to make some interest on there? No, I want. No, I want to sell it. I want. I want oh, the okay. value of it. You want to sell it? So mm-hmm. I could sell that to somebody else that's into it, or it goes mm-hmm. into the stock. And well, it's eight, not a stock. So think about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Think what, about what it this way. It? Think about it this way. If you've got a Bitcoin, and I'm like, you know what? I would love to have another Bitcoin. I'll pay you in U.S. dollars for that Bitcoin, or. I'll give you what I have in Ethereum so, for that coin. It's and a, these exchanges like Coinbase allow you to do that. So, but I could still get my, I want cash from it. I could mm-hmm. still get that because there's people that want it. Mm-hmm. So there's the value. And they would never pay more because this is the value. There's a set value. So the person that's interested won't get screwed, if you will, mm-hmm. on the value because it's all known. And, but there, and there's also probably not a way to go, well, it's worth 65 grand, but I'm selling it for 68. 
right? No, you can. Through certain ex- exchanges, mm-hmm. you can say, hey, I'd like to sell all of my Bitcoin at this rate. And then you wait around for someone to take take that. And in but, some cases, it but will. That, but like capitalism, if nobody takes it, you might have to lower it down. Exactly. Here's, hmm. the, other, here's the other thing. And that is, you can take a percentage of a, of a Bitcoin up to a millionth, I think of a decimal point or whatever it is. So the idea is, with a dollar, you can break it down into pennies. And that's kind of it. You can't really transact, you know, less than a penny. Hmm. Uh, in Bitcoin or these other currencies, you can go down to a very small decimal point. And that allows you to take that $60,000 coin and split it into mm. something that's much smaller. I will tell you, Scott, even more so, it is so important that I discourage it. I'll say it again, uh, not to come back around, but for families to get together and act together financially and talk about it together with your friends mm-hmm. who get over the fact if somebody has a professional job and you're a gas pump. I mean, I'm not trying to say that's a lesser job, but I'm just saying there's a, there, there's, I could lie and say there isn't, but there's blue collar workers. You got white collar workers. There's, mm-hmm. there's different classes, but who gives a crap? Anybody could do, be successful in every level that they want to be in. And, I think that, uh, that, I mean, this is encouraging to be able to, like somebody like me, to try to step out of what I know mm-hmm. and try something. But I don't know. I think people need to get their, their, their finances right and understand what finances are so you could try some of this stuff. Because mm-hmm. my big thing is, and I think a lot of people too, which haste come, gets involved when they get, man, am I getting left out? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be left out on this. And then I show up and then I'm the guy that pays big money and then it drops. And, you know, and mm-hmm. that yeah, could happen with anything. And I get that. But, you know, being that because I don't, I really don't, I work way more than I get to socialize these mm-hmm. days. So I don't get to socialize, talk about money or what I could do and say, you know, some people mm-hmm. don't even want to say, hey, I'm looking for some money to invest because their person they're talking to think, well, screw you. I don't have enough money to make my mortgage. I'm not talking to you about that. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, they're like, oh, is that all the money you can invest? You know, there's a lot. It's so emotional about money that people don't even want to ask about certain things. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfect for that because I'm great with being ignorant because I'm always wanting to learn. So I'm okay saying I don't know any of this mm-hmm. because I want to know. I want to learn. But yeah. I, man, I really encourage everybody to get their money right so when something like this does come up, they could throw a little something on it and be, hey, if it doesn't go anywhere, I'm just going to forget about it. I'm not even going to play it. I'm just going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And if it goes, it's like loaning a friend some money. Mm-hmm. You want them to pay you back, but are you going to kill them? I'm so, oops, I jumped to the end there. <laughs> are you going to sue them, break their legs, or kill them if yeah. they don't get paid back? How about you loan it to them? And when you loan it to them, you expect you're not getting it back, but you expect the best from them. Yeah. But you're not going to hold it against them. You're not going to sue them. You're mm-hmm. just going to be like, Giving it to them. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I'm not making a whole lot of sense, but it's important to be financially literate. I think that it's important to talk about it in, in the home. I think it's important to talk to to friends about it. I think that goes along with understanding how our money system works uh, in the U.S. and and how it impacts the globe. 
the idea of, of interest, how expensive money becomes when you're having to pay interest on that. And then the other, which is the tax side of it, because a lot of, a lot of folks don't really understand the tax side of, of their finances. And if they don't, they're going to get screwed over mm. by paying more than they probably should or not planning their, their uh, finances in such a way that they can actually maximize right. their, their earning potential. So um, I, I highly encourage folks to, to get involved in understanding finances. I, I, my first book that I, my personal finance book, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I highly recommend uh, reading that. It's just a very easy read. It gives you a good idea of, of personal finance and, and how to make money. And then the other is uh, Dave Ramsey's, um, what's the, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the first book. Oh, um, oh, I should know this. Maybe producer Ethan can look up Dave Ramsey's first I know first it's like book. a money makeover. Like for, yeah, total money makeover. I think so. Yeah, that might be it. I feel things I should know, and that's one yeah. of them I should but know. But it, it's a great read. It's it, it, I think, gives you a little bit more understanding of, of finances. And, and that is, again, it's, the, it's that grease... You know, for the wheel of life. In 1992, he wrote a self-published book, Financial Peace. Oh, there you go. And then he created Financial Peace University. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I know we talked a lot about, um, you know, Bitcoin, but I know we talked about our, it's all goes together, finances, but we also talked about how we were as kids and I want to, he's going to hate it because I'm going to uh, not give him the respect he deserves, but. Dave Ramsey has Financial Peace and Financial Peace University, mm-hmm. and it's something you could do at home. We've had groups come over, and we watched it and did these little work workbooks yeah. that helped us understand. And so cool, like you were saying, that when we were kids, we only knew that we couldn't afford things. We knew we couldn't get things. We knew that we might have gotten something that wasn't as fancy as the neighbor or the kids that we went to school with. But he has a way to teach kids, too. So he has little programs that'll help the kids get involved. My daughter knows about our financial. She might even know what I make a a year. And there's going to be a ton of people out there go, what? You don't need to tell her that. She's a kid. She doesn't need to know that. I want her to know what it takes Mm -hmm. to go from where we came from to get to a, a decent place to be. And yeah. she could do far better than here. Yeah. And she shouldn't be embarrassed about it. No. She doesn't need to be pompous, but should not be embarrassed nope. about it. It's important. But you could leave high school. In other words, now you could go out. You're an adult-ish. You go out to the world. They release you. Whether you want to hire your education, that's up to you. But the lack of what they teach you on how to manage your economics, not spending more than you earn kind of a thing, and the importance of it, that's, that's up to the parents, really, truly. and. Guess what? They may not know it. Hmm. I didn't know it. I I didn't know the best way, and and it create it could create opportunity for you and your family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it I all agree. starts with communication with everybody. I feel. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh let's end it with that. Does yeah. that sound good? Yeah, I've got a little quote. Oh please, yeah. please, please. And I thought it would be fitting to use a little Dave Ramsey quote, and it's one of my favorites. I'm not going to. You just think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to explain it, but he (laughs) says, live like no one else, so later you can live like no one else. Mm -hmm. And that's by Dave Ramsey. So Mm -hmm. think about that one. Yeah, it's good good words to live by. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for watching those of you who are viewing this on YouTube. Those of you who are listening, uh, appreciate the the listen. If you don't mind, it'd help help, help us out a lot if you could share this with other folks. And, uh... 
Again, send us an email at mailbag at nevertoserious.com. And, or actually, actually, you know what? Go to anchor.fm and leave us a voicemail. That Ooh. would be fantastic. Hey, that's we, cool. We love to hear from yeah, folks. please. Throw some, some ideas at us or complain about Dave's Crocs. Yes, I wore them again. I didn't hear anything last time. <laughs> I, there's more people that like him. Yeah, I guess so, maybe. All right. Well, we'll leave you with that until we see you next time. Take care. And be safe. 